welcome to Inside Sports Deading Goal podcast number 63. I'm James Smith and this is Jeff Centenera. How are you going, mate? Very good. Yeah, he's... Feeling, feeling very good for number 63. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, do you, what have you made of the footy in the finals so far? Um, more, uh, more drop goals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like drop goals. We should, we should have more of them. Uh, on that. Increase the number of points and bring back the Eric Sims style, <laughs> you know, kind of superstars. Did you see that um, Aussie bloke did a drop drop kick in the yes. NFL? Yes, I wow. did. And they're, and they're losing their minds. They are. All, all, all over there. That's how, it's all it takes. Go over there, do drop kicks, earn millions, millions of dollars. <laughs> I will give it to him. It would be hard to harder to drop kick one of those balls, wouldn't it? I think Very so. Very pointy. The pointy yeah. edge. Yeah. I, I think that's part of the reason. Uh, yeah, why? Yeah, I, I, I sound like I'm damning it. <laughs> but no, I think it would be it would be kind of difficult. Um, yeah, to kind of get that to sit up. Yeah, uh, yeah. properly. But, yeah. yeah. There you go. Um, big show today. Massive. Um, we're supposed to be sad because we're farewelling one of our iconic stadiums this week, the Sydney <laughs> Football Stadium. Shut up, mate. <laughs> and this is a preview for how these conversations are going to play out. Uh, by Sydney Football Stadium, by concrete. Yeah, so the last game ever at the great stadium is going to be held uh, this Saturday, as you all know. So we're really going to get right into our listeners' responses to our our uh, question, which um, which they absolutely gobbled up. It was it was um, a terrific effort there by Karate Warrior Two, and uh, where the heart is, they really went on a massive recruitment drive, and uh, ended up getting two rugby league internationals to uh, to take part. So we'll uh, we'll see what they had to say later on. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, it's excellent. Are they are they are they better? Oh, sorry, are they more esteemed in the game or less esteemed in the game than Martin O'Fire? Um, they are Martin O'Fire oh. and, <laughs> and Gary Schofield. <laughs> so, oh, so there you Fantastic. go. Fantastic. <laughs> We're farewelling an Australian stadium and bringing the opinion of the Englishman. Excellent. Love it. Excellent. And, um, so, and we're also going to have a chat about Matt Cleary's story, which we didn't uh, really touch on last week, and that's our feature story in this month's Inside Sport, which is all about repeat grand final wins and how rare they are these days. Um, and then we'll, we'll finish the whole thing with a, a really cool chat with Tiffany Slater, who is the senior manager of the Women's Elite Pathways program, um, and that makes her the head of the NRLW, which is, um, yeah. Just which I watched again last week. It's, it's so impressive, hasn't there, it? There you go, yes. Yeah, it's, it's yes. One thing that St George won last week. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a thing, I reckon. Mm. Oh, yeah, but at least we won this. It's just going to be like... <laughs> used to be reserve grade, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. But it's really all about the NRLW. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll catch up with her to um, to end the podcast. Um, so, what was the most rugby league thing that you did? Oh, well, that's that's kind of a, what I just mentioned. That gag I made there is a kind of good oh, lead-in yeah. to... Um, the most rugby league thing I did this uh, uh, recently would be... Um, Talking my wife out of not giving up on rugby league. I thought you were going to say talking your wife out of not jumping from the ledge. Kind of, yeah, you know, but, or at least the metaphorical edge of you know of ledge of um sorry yeah of giving up on the sport entirely. She kind of got really invested in uh, in that semi final, and uh, mm. when they kicked the go ahead penalty, she was uh, yes, she was feeling very kind of uh, enthused. But then yes, Adam Reynolds' uh, three drop goal act. Yeah, that's that's kind of an unusual way to lose yeah. kind of a match, and um, yeah, I guess the other thing you put on top of that is that 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 I, don't know, I always 
hate to kind of like pile on a player because you know <laughs> what they do is far more difficult than what, you know, you know, kind of what we're doing on the sideline criticizing. But yeah, that decision to run on fifth tackle when yep. really they could have yeah. Everything in the game management you know, handbook tells you just put it down, deep down the other end and stop them from at least getting a chance to launch yep. kind of uh, 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 another field goal. But uh, but yes, so uh, yeah, I um, you know supposedly there are so many people just yeah just leaving rugby league fandom in droves these days if you read certain papers. So yeah, yeah. I, I feel I did the game a service in, in convincing <laughs> her. No, it's it's still it's still a it's still oh, a good, good game. So, so she's going to run around again next year. Yeah, yeah of course. Oh, but so yeah, so the so funny so. thing is, is that you know she's always you know she's always disappointed in the dragons for kind of falling short, like you know. We were telling her that at least they, you know, fell short in the finals this year, as opposed to last year where they, you know, didn't have the common decency to fall short in the last round. That's right. Of the season, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I've saved uh, the NRL one fan. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, rugby league. Oh, there you that's, go. that's the most league thing I've done in, in the past week. Apologize for the game. <laughs> <laughs> when it needs no apology, it was such it was such a thrilling match, and you know, they. I thought the dragons. I was telling you, kind of on Monday yeah. morning, I thought the dragons outplayed them for. Uh, for large stretches of the game, of course, but um, they had yeah. massive masses of momentum, didn't well, they? Well, the bunnies kind of got the points when they were playing well, and yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's kind of what what the game's about. Isn't that's it? right. It's not, it's, not, it's not about yeah how well you played or style points. Is you know what, what the scoreboard reads at the end of the match. Uh, that's true. Yeah, um, my most regular thing I did relates to that as well. The, mm. the heartbreak of um, Penrith getting knocked out it it burns yeah i keep on telling yeah. you as long, if they, they've got to start games when they're not you know already 12 nil down yeah. or 16 nil down oh, that first half was diabolical it was it was, it, it was one of their worst of the season mm. james maloney just didn't he wasn't his magic wasn't working mm-hmm. and uh yeah but that moment when when you've lost and a siren goes and you're at the ground and the other opposition fans start celebrating that's the that's the suckful moment Okay, here's the, here's the question though, very pertinent to that game. Yeah. Was it better or worse? I love, these, I love these things you throw. All right. We've, we've known it, each was, other for 10 it, years and you've been giving me, giving me these questions for Exactly. Was it worse to have lost the way they did by one or yeah. would it have been worse to lose by 20 or, uh, or 30? Yeah, it, it would have been worse to be flogged. Yeah, okay. Because then you're miserable throughout the whole game. Some people, they'll look yeah. at it as an opportunity cost type of thing where yeah. we lost by one, we could have. that means we could have won. Yeah. Whereas if you lost by 30, it's basically, oh yeah, we never would have won that game anyway. We weren't good enough. <laughs> but because you lost only by one, one yeah. you can basically say yourself if we at least showed up <laughs> in the first half yeah we might have had a chance to win yeah mm. yeah no I, yeah and, and i was thinking that during the game mm. when, when it got to about 20 to 14 i was thinking okay at least we've got some hope out of this game yeah would it just been awful like to have a brisbane broncos situation against mm. saints where you just obliterated off the <laughs> off the field and that's it that's that's your last game you play yeah yeah so there you go two heartbreak stories i, I think I think what this semi-final series has done is it's gotten rid of the chaff in, in the right order. You've yeah. got you had Warriors Brisbane bow out first week. That's fair enough. Penrith and Saints were better than them. Now, now they're gone, and I think the rightful top four is going to shoot out for the premiership. Um, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. But then. Weren't we, weren't we just saying kind of a week or a fortnight ago? We, we, we never contradict ourselves on this yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the eight had like a handkerchief over the top of it. You yeah. Know, everyone yeah. within two points of, you know, of, of the, the, the leading points total. So. True. So I can... Ah, uh, yeah. It, um, I can change the thing it. That my, my big takeaway from the weekend was... Um, I And I, again, I told you, I think... I, I'm surprised we don't see more strategic use of, of drop goals. In yeah, the yeah. I reckon they should be kicked a lot more. Definitely. But, you know, I agree. It's, um, yeah. 
Because if you, yeah, I mean, there's probably someone with a whole set of um, uh, of maths like Pythagorean RL out there to tell me I'm wrong, and you know, <laughs> yeah, that what they're doing is correct. But yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think the game is all about a calculation of how many scores you are behind, as opposed to like you know, like exactly right. Yeah, two pointers, four pointers, six pointers, and that one can kind of change. It can try, kind of change the you know kind of the mindset of a team. I think if you're down mm. by six. You can always tell yourself, oh yeah, all I, all I am is one bust away from getting back into this game. Yeah. If you're down by seven, you're not one bust. No. And you know, it takes time to do things. You've you got to, you got to even up the game and then yeah. do more. Exactly. While holding so, the other team out. Yeah, yeah. so I've, I've often wondered why teams don't play to that kind of security. But you know, that's, there probably is yeah, math to convince me otherwise. <laughs> if it's anything to do with math, then I'll stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to do something different this week because there's, there were so many... Uh, responses to our question mm-hmm. i'm going to spread them out and um I've, I've limited them down to the people who included at dead in goal yes um, otherwise dead set i'd He's be reading you out there again <laughs> otherwise i'd dead set be reading out a hundred responses it was uh yeah, it shows we're getting traction anyway mate so 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 this so to do with the um sfs's last game i asked uh this week what's your favorite memory of being at the footy um, at the Sydney Football Stadium, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just one thing. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I've ordered these in in year order, so it's going to sort of tell oh, the wow. story There's about yeah. organisation going I, on. Here. I know that's that's why I was having my head rather, down rather than the monkey with the machine gun approach <laughs> we normally take. Yeah. Um, so we'll start off. Um, this is non-sport related, but this is this is how the SFS was opened. Uh, Rochelle McDonald says, "I went to the opening concert where John Denver played. Loved the old girl. <laughs> Great stuff." <laughs> so there you go. Take me home, country road. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll move move I on. I thought it was memory of the footy at Sydney yeah. Football Stadium. Yeah, no, I bent the rules a little bit. So there, Rochelle McDonald. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry you're disqualified with profit. Love John Denver though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if there's a footage of it on YouTube that we can post up somewhere. <laughs> uh, Tom Wood says, um, I was at the SFS for the third test victory in 1988, uh, Mike Gregory's length of the field try. Uh, Henderson Gills, uh, bit of boogie, boogie etc. I was on the, on, on the radio TUE phone um, the day before predicting a GB win. Ray Price told me I was talking through my Union Jack. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Stuart McLeod. really said that. <laughs> <laughs> Says a lot of things. <laughs> oh, that's another bloke I've got to interview. Ray Price. Yeah. Yeah, got to track him down. Too scared to do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might do it on the phone. Uh, <laughs> Stuart McLennan says, the great Ellery Hanley um, shredding defences in Balmain's 1988 finals campaign. A not-so-fond memory was Terry Lamb's Knockout blow on the Black Pearl in the 88 Green Final. Um, mm. And then um, on, on that... Reiterate for the listeners how many GFs were played at, uh, at City Football um, So you had 1988 to uh, 97. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Um, 11, 12. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, a good kind of, it's a good kind of history there. I mean, yeah. no. I, think, I think, you know, if you're younger, you know, the younger listener out there, um, yeah, um, you come to the game after, you know, like... 2000 or so yeah yeah i don't think they relate to that uh, no no that's right uh the but great they did, man, but they did play grand finals yeah 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 it was it was a great era uh, the great man gary schofield um after being um hooked in by karate warrior says i didn't play there much uh when i played for balmain 
in 85 to 87, it, it hadn't opened. And I missed Great Britain's win over Australia in 88 as I was injured. I had much more experience of the cricket ground. I'd but never, did, he did play there? Or? He did, but not much, oh, yeah. no. Uh, and then Chariots, Martin Chariots of Fire says um, the highlight for him was the third Lions test in 88 and the second state of origin in 91. Oh. Guy versus Wally, he was there. Fantastic. Yeah, awesome, eh? Cool. Um, uh, Mutley says uh, the Nissan World Sevens. <laughs> <laughs> Raining for two days. What a great childhood memory seeing teams from all over the world uh, compete. I was there with a mate of mine and Russia was playing. I reckon I saw the biggest human being that was ever born playing for Russia. Oh, yeah. If anyone knows his name, just uh, yeah, let me know. Far out. We are just standing we're right up the back of the first tier and we, and we said to each other, look at the size of that bloke. Like, you know, you could just see the size of him. Mm. Yeah. And it's one of those things when you're far away and if somebody's so much bigger than everyone else, it's like, yeah, yeah you must be huge. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So he was a sevens rugby, sevens player for, for Russia. Uh, Rod- we'll, then we'll find out he's like Vladimir Putin's bodyguard or something. <laughs> oh, like should be. Yeah. Oh, would be. Um, Rod Quinn says, uh, in 1989, Australia versus British Lions, uh, Campo's pass that cost us the game when it went astray. So he's talking about rugby here. Um, I was on the fence. Why, why? Admittedly, this is technically correct. So finish, is, finish, yes. finish, finish, finish. Yeah, and, and I was thinking, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll let, that, let that go through. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> Campo's pass in, in 1989, Australia versus British Lions, that cost us the game when it went astray. I was on the fence and in line uh, with what happened and saw the look of horror on Greg Martin's face. I'll never forget it. <laughs> so we could actually have answers, soccer answers to this as well. Yes, and we do. Yes. Oh. But don't worry, not many of them. This is good. I love your opposition to it's, soccer. It's, it's just good. like, this is, you almost think we're inside sport here, <laughs> this magazine. Oh, dear. We're doing sports other than rugby. <laughs> there aren't many. Uh, Matt Harris says, uh, 1989 semi-win versus Souths. Uh, he watched it with his dad. Uh, the only game I remember him coming to, just him and I. Oh, that's gives me a lump in my throat. Reading that. <laughs> Toddy Goodwin says, Paul, C- Paul Sirenen's try in the 89 grand final. And Bad Seed uh, says the same thing. Big Ciro's try, uh, one of the great Tigers tries of all time. So, very good. So we're up to about, yeah, the late 80s uh, with that with that um, story that we're being told by listeners. So. Fantastic. <laughs> um, right, you and I, um, what are we most looking forward to this week? Want me to go first? Or? Uh, yeah, you go first. Okay, um, big day for the New South Wales Rugby League with their grand finals being played at Leichhardt Oval. Um, where's my cheat sheet gone? Oh, there it is, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have the um, Interest Super Premiership Jersey Flag, Ron Massey and Sydney Shield. So on Saturday, you've got um, the Sydney Shield and Ron Massey Cup at 1 and 3, 10 p.m. And then on Sunday, uh, you've got Jersey Flag um, and Interest Super Cup. Um, Interest Super Cup kicks off at 3, 10 p.m. and that's Newtown versus Canterbury. Um, live on Channel 9 and, and all the other games are um, going to be streamed live on nswrl.com.au and tickets are $10.00. And kids under 12 free um they should get a really good crowd there at leichhardt mm. maybe last year it was a really it's a really good day it's yeah. one of those days where good value i mean yeah, look at how many games you get. yeah 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 so all that's happening over the weekend and i hope i'm going to be able to get to it mm. um yeah it's just a 
cracking day out and real grassroots sort of feel and uh, congratulations to the Newtown Jets who are friends of the podcast. Yes, and, indeed. And yeah, for, for a, it's a brilliant, brilliant week, they beat the Penrith Panthers who are clear. I think they, I think Penrith won a minor premiership about a month out from, from the semi, so it's a massive effort from Newtown there. And So the, the season's produced a wrong result. The finals <laughs> have produced the wrong result. Yeah, I think so, mate. Yeah, it must have. <laughs> what they needed was Philly Kika to appear in a game for like a second and then become eligible <laughs> oh, to play. Yeah. On that. That's, out, that's one that's on out there for <laughs> Reese Martin and all of you uh, Bulldogs fans out there. And, and just on that, the world went into meltdown when Canterbury beat Penrith in a trial this year. Mm. They're... they're um, you know, uh, only you, only you went into Melbourne. <laughs> I, I was there. I saw it. I, to me, it looked like Penrith were just walking through it. But t- to outsiders, it's like they've lost the trial to Canary. The, I sorry. The big deal about that was they basically fielded their reserve grade side, mm. and their reserve grade sides in the um, Intrust Super yep. Premiership Grand Final. You so. and I both love to say that it's only a matter of time before the dogs kind of get it back. Yeah, and this only kind of yeah kind of buttresses that uh, that belief. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Shout out to Andrew Hill and Paul Dunn and all those people on the on the Bulldogs management and, and everything. So what about you, mate? What are you most looking forward to this week? Um, it, it, yeah, looking at kind of uh, kind of the, the first grade um, situation, mm. I, I, I'm intrigued by kind of this idea of, you know, in, in the finals, when you have a bit of a, a bit of a bogey uh, bogey team. Yeah. Particularly when you're favourites, so naturally I'm very intrigued by how this uh, Melbourne Cronulla contest will kind of play the, the dynamics of it and how it will play out. Yep. Because, yeah, I, I'm I'm conspiracy. I'm not very conspiracy minded, but I'm conspiracy minded enough to mean to think that yeah, that yeah, Melbourne wasn't too upset about not, not being seated first. <laughs> No, <laughs> in these finals, so they, avoided, way going so they, they didn't. Then they avoided the sharks in week one. So you know, it's um, because you know, like I don't think too much worries the Melbourne Storm. I think they're that good that you know they kind of you know, play what's in front of them. But um, yeah, if there's something that does, it's probably it's probably the sharks. You yeah, know, I mean, I who, who have kind of the record against them? They've won big games. You know, like the grand final, they won. Kind of games recently against them. They won them kind of you know, on the road, you know, down at down at Amy. You know, they play exactly the kind of style of football. No, that, that gives a lot of teams problems. But you know, particularly even a, a team that kind of does things that executes in the way that that uh, that Melbourne does. So you know, if there's one side that will go in there and will have absolutely no compunctions whatsoever about the nature of kind of the the task ahead of them in a final down there, it will be you know it'll be Cronulla. So you know, yeah. and they're 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 banged up. There's there's no question about that. Yep. And that just might be the thing that kind of tips the scale. You know, um, you know you've got yeah bunch of injured you know kind of Cronulla, uh, Cronulla players plus you've got players coming back for yeah. for for Melbourne and that can yeah that can generally be the thing that's just enough to tip the balance that that energy that you get kind of around minute 60 from just having that, that extra bit of rest and those guys coming back yep but um yeah I'll be I'll be really intrigued to see kind of um yeah, yeah. that's the type of contest you just watch the initial minutes and you're like oh okay I've, I've got a feeling now for a kind of yeah this, how this one's yeah how this one's gonna play out because of course I mean uh I mean it, I think I mentioned on the pod before that every year I tip Melbourne <coughs> to win 
mainly because I have no idea who's going to win, and I just think that you know, I'm, Melbourne a bunch here are going to be right. <laughs> yep. In more in more years than not, um, the NRL's kind of you know revisionist kind of record book keeping, uh, notwithstanding. So yeah, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, they're motivated to win one for for Billy this year, and next year they'll be one motivated to win one for Cam. So yeah, you know, yeah. and as we're going to talk about uh, repeat, uh, repeat grand final wins uh, later in the pod. Yeah, that you know, it's kind of they're the only team that can repeat kind of this year. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I've got my eye on. Oh, great stuff. Um, just just before we, I read these this second part out again. If if Melbourne are dragged into the wrestle. With Cronulla, yeah. I reckon they're spent. I reckon Cronulla, yeah, is is the team to be able to, you know, just just drag them down and frustrate the hell out of them. So you you think they should op- they should they should try opening the game up? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think a nice twenty nil lead or even yeah something like a twelve nil lead will be enough to to hold the Cronulla out. So but, yeah, you do the first twenty minutes of hell game plan you try to really stretch them out yeah in the yeah. first 20 try to get a couple on them and then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and then settle in yeah that's yeah. um yeah that that would certainly certainly would be the way to go yeah like, that, i mean that's that's the nature uh, nature of the game isn't it you kind of got to get the points back for the effort that you put in like you know, that was yeah. the thing um yeah kind of i i thought like i really do think that um yeah, like, uh, the Dragons were, were really good for about 60 minutes of that game against uh, against Souths, but yep, yep. really only got 12 points on the board. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, if they, one if, try, one try. Yeah, exactly. And if they had gotten, mm. you know, another one, stick another one in there and gotten to, you know, say 14 or 16, yeah. I think it would have been enough to win. But the point that the, the score that actually, the total they actually put up there was uh, was kind of gettable. And that's yeah, true. Yeah. And it proved to be the case. In the end. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll uh, return to our SFS. Farewell uh, responses. Um, again, we asked, "What was your uh, favourite memory of watching um, watching stuff at the SFS?" Um, Jay Dwight. Jay Dwight. Did we watch Newtown there? <laughs> <laughs> I missed Jay. Wrong. I missed Jay Dwight. Jay Dwight's um, uh, response last week, and I got in trouble. So Ooh. here you go, Jay Dwight. Your response was the '89 Grand Final, Tigers and Raiders. Um, yes. Tigers looked to have it. Raiders surged late, extra time. Steve Jackson's try to break Tigers' hearts. One of the best GFs ever. Yes, indeed. And um, more than just a game. We've got, got a number of new responses, new responders uh, this time around. Um, working the bar the night O'Connor kicked that goal from the sideline. <laughs> late, yeah, listen, this late in an Origin game to win. Couldn't see the field, but could see a TV. Um, also being watched by a lone guy in a suit who celebrated like no man in a suit ever should, all by himself. <laughs> Wonderful. The guy went in a suit to an Origin match. Yeah, Actually, yeah. that makes more sense to me. Now it's it a, does. It's a work night. You yeah, know? yeah, I mean, it does. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Uh, Sandy uh, Lancelly says 1991, both the grand final... Um, with Penrith winning and the epic Mark Guy versus Wally Lewis showdown. The origin, yeah. Yep. Um, Peter Armstrong, Panthers winning the GF in 1991. I'm really enjoying this part. <laughs> James Cheeseman says the 94 GF, nice. World Sevens, 06 Tri-Nations final. Um, they were all great events. Uh, Anna, the 95 Grand Final. Uh, watching the giant Optus television, Optus Vision television explode. Do you remember that? Yes, I did. Oh, yes, my dad and I were watching it. We were very cynical about everything that happens in league. We were just watching it and we looked at each other and said, 
see. <laughs> I'm glad somebody brought that up. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, that's terrific. If you, if, um, you ever get your, ha- your hands on Andrew Voss's book, stuff you may have missed, he goes right into it. Mm. Um, thanks, Anna. Uh, Kel- he, he was the cause of the, the TV exploding? <laughs> <laughs> he just wrote about it. He was Damn. Yeah, no, it would have been... It would have been, been more incredible when you see the Vossy caused the TV. You know, <laughs> when we pass that along to, you know, in rugby league law, Andrew Voss caused the Optus TV to explode. Well, that's a, quite an accolade. Mm. Uh, Kel Woodlands says, the 1996 Roosters versus Brisbane... Game, uh, biggest crowd I've ever sat in um, as a kid. Still remember it so vividly. Andrew Walker to June E down the sideline for an equalising late try. Um, unbeatable, hated. Uh, the Broncos team were beaten with a penalty goal. Uh, Sydney crowd going absolutely nuts. I, I forget that game, 96. Oh, thanks, Kel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lachlan McLean says the 1996 qualifying final. Uh, Dragons defeated the Raiders um, in a thriller with the mousetrap try and Bardo's uh, great solo try and his sideline conversion of Bell's mousetrap try. Lots of mousetraps in there. Love the mousetrap. (laughs) Love the mousetrap. Michael says, the first Super League game um, in 97, uh, Cronulla beating the Raiders. Kim Mazzell singing Young Hearts Run Free at the, <laughs> at the opening of the game, if I remember it right. <laughs> oh, God, I didn't think John Denver would be talked, but that tops that. That is fantastic. There you go. <laughs> I, wonder, I often wonder, when, you know, when kind of people much younger than us kind of like pick up a history book and then, or see mm-hmm. random footage about the Super League era, they're thinking, what, what was going on? Yeah. What, what were they? What did they do? Like, yep. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's yeah, it's when, I guess it's the it's the equivalent of uh, yeah, for when we look back and say see something like World Series cricket, yeah, <laughs> the weird stuff they were doing in World Series cricket. Yeah, pink for the um, mm. West Indies uniforms. I think I, I think I remember Canterbury had Belinda Carlisle performing at Belmore Sports Ground. Mm. Opening, opening There's ground. nothing wrong about that. <laughs> there isn't no. Troy Warner, the big para uh, fanatic, says para winning the 97 World Sevens. Oh, Fair enough, Troy, we'll give that to you. So we'll mate. shave off a decade off the... <laughs> <laughs> All the first grade didn't count, yeah. yeah. <laughs> shave a decade off the, the premiership win. <laughs> uh, Keynes Shakespeare says Darren Albert scoring that final try against Manly uh, for what would be a triumphant uh, victory for the Newcastle Knights to receive their inaugural premiership, the Optus Cup in 97. <laughs> Thanks, Kane. I just got through all that. Um, so, the, uh, okay, so we're up to 97 when we uh, return uh, next time. So, going well. So, we're up to Super League? Uh, I think we just had Super League. Just had Super League? Yeah, yeah. End of 97. Yeah, because right. um, the next one is going to re- um, refer to 98. So, it's almost as if they um, did this in perfect order, but to painstakingly <laughs> go through these and put them in, in, into the story. Yeah. Um, so, our new issue is. Or has been on the stands for a week-ish. Um, and we're focusing on repeat premiers, aren't we? Yes, indeed. Oh, well, Matt Cleary did in his feature story. And um, it's a really good look. I, I like the way he approached it because he basically said at the start, uh, we, don't know what, we don't know why it happens, but we're going to have a go at trying to work it out. I think he listened to me too closely. I yeah. said, you know, Matt, this is what I want you to do, apart from the fact, you know, it's just random. Everything's random. Like, he, got, he got all caught in my, ra- in my negativity about the randomness <laughs> of sporting results. Yeah. He you did know. all right, though, with it, didn't he? I thought he, I, I thought he yeah. did fantastically well. Um, yeah. yeah, kind of how he... Uh, yeah, it's... Um, 
It's a bit tough to survey because you know we, we had to cover kind of the two main, both both the main footy codes, and mm. it's probably more interesting. It's a more interesting dynamic, I think, on on the NRL side, on the rugby league side, because it hasn't happened in quite a while. And okay. um, you know, when we were like putting it together, the um, what I guess kind of jumps out to me is interesting is from 1981 to 1993, four teams repeated claimed repeat premierships, yep. and since then, in the 25 years since then hasn't been done once unbelievable so it, it i think i'd like to th- I, you know usually most most times when anybody would bring something up like that to me i just say it's an you know it's it's kind of like statistical noise it's anomalous but um yeah no it's it's, it's getting it's getting to be a while now yeah i'd be curious to look at um i have to probably go back to the record book for this and you know pretty sure the the andrew ferguson types out among there will have the answer very very quickly but i wonder if there's I don't think there would have been another 25-year period in the game's history, mm. or sorry, the rugby league's history, that yeah. there wouldn't have been a repeat winner. Oh. Surely, yeah. Like you know, admittedly well, we had <laughs> we had we had an 11-year run where only one team won. So, much. <laughs> yeah. so there you yeah, go. Yeah, we'll that a bit. Yeah. Good point. Mm. But it's probably right. Yeah. 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 No, it's um, and the, the reasons are kind of are kind of evident, but um, it's it's like something I was going to uh, point to earlier. I think it's not just like people always talk about. Well, salary cap and, you know, and so forth, but yeah. a lot of sports have salary caps. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And the NFL has one too. Like, and um, hasn't stopped you know kind of repeat repeat Super Bowl winners from uh, from emerging. Although I think they're on a pretty good run of yeah of kind of I think only one team has probably repeat. Yeah, if I could recall correctly, one team has repeated there in the last decade and a bit uh, as well. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I actually think it's in the nature of the sport. Yeah. I actually yeah. think. Um, and you know, I, I think the just this recent weekend of semifinals just reinforced that to me. The idea that um, you know the game is really structured like an arm wrestle, and it does not take a lot for you know kind of one team to kind of maybe overexert themselves, and then the other team pushes yeah. right back uh, over the top of them. So yep. uh, I think it yeah that makes it difficult for um, any given team to like really run the table, having to run the table through two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the odds catch up, uh, catch up to you. That's that, that, right. that's yeah. I think it's really yeah. That's um, yeah. That's to that that to me is the if you want to kind of you know ignore all other factors and just try to find something at, at a really fundamental level yep. uh, of of uh, of league and why we we haven't seen a repeat winner. That to me would be the reason why. But, yeah, probably. Yeah. And other factors are injuries. Yeah. No, no. Team. But that's in every sport. Like yeah, every sport exactly. has injuries. So yeah. that's true. Yeah. No team. It, with um, big players out, has mm. one have they? Oh, I'm sure there's exception to the rule. But do you think that's a flu? Do you think it should? We should have had a repeat win. Like I couldn't help but notice that um, there are at least two distinct periods. Yep. The Roosters from in, in the early two thousands, and then who made three straight grand finals? One, yep. one, lost two. Then you had the Storm, who yeah, who yeah, um, made it to four straight, lost two, one, two. Um, all non-consecutive mm. uh, and of course yes uh, you know, as I was joking to you the wins have been the premierships have been vacated but 
why haven't the losses? Yeah, that's right. Why haven't they? Cro- why hasn't the NRL crossed up the losses in those grand finals? It's, yeah, it's like the men in black people come down and erase your memory. That is the good there stuff. There is the wins. You know? <laughs> yeah, you, you've got to you've got to remember the agony of losing the grand final. I, I like Parramatta, who were absolutely murdered in one of those grand finals. They want the win. Yeah. It's like no, don't no, you? That's not how it works. <laughs> and I actually sympathize sympathize with them. If the team that won it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was deemed not to have won. Surely the team that the other team that was there that day <laughs> has, to be, has to be the winner. Even if so, you know, lose forty, I don't like this idea that you're going to take premierships away, but then you're not going to award it to anybody. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It's like saying we played a season and we had no winner that year. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I funny isn't it? to my to my thinking, it's only probably because of the you know the the randomness of the game and the small odds that you know the Roosters or the Storm didn't win yeah, back yeah. to back in in either of those given year, yeah. given years that was probably the best chance for it uh, for it to happen you could flip the argument around and probably say Manly probably had a chance to win back to back there you go in, yeah. in uh, yeah at that uh, in no. that time uh, during that period too ninety five ninety six yeah no 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 I'm talking later the, oh, uh, later when they when they yeah they lost to Melbourne that first year and then. Uh, Technically, I mean, if you give them the premiership, they they have won back to back premierships. <laughs> I mean, this is not the argument I was you know thinking of making. But yeah, no, but strictly you speaking, get into it, they were the they were the only team there on grand final day, according to the NRL record book, because <laughs> the other team was you know, other team ghosted, and then they won at fourteen 0 the next year. So they are back to back premiers. Yeah. So yes, the whole the whole cover is invalid. Okay. Congratulations, Manly! In this season of misery, we have deemed you back to back champions of the NRL. <laughs> it is no longer a twenty five year wait. You're not a basket case anymore. It's more like a nine-year wait now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it, what was that? That was 08 and 09? We'll, we'll go. Was it right? Yeah. Jeez. You can look at it so many different ways, can't you? I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, why do you think? Why do you think it's been so long? Do you have a, do you have kind of a normal reason for why? Yeah, um, I think it has less to do with the salary cap and mm. more to do with what John Lang said after the 03 Grand Final. He said winning these things is really, really hard. Mm. You need everything possibly going right for you. You need to play your best almost every week. You need to have no injuries. Um, you need a very, very good team. All very true, but can I yeah. ask you a question? Have you ever seen a team in your experience that you felt just backed into the Grand Final? Oh, like... Um, <laughs> but sorry, not even that. Backed into the Premiership. Oh, like uh, without even really having to extend themselves. Well, yeah, well, not having played terribly well. Oh, okay. No. No, <laughs> haven't. Oh, okay. The only here's one... Your, here's your challenge. The only one would be Newcastle, I reckon, in 01. Yeah. That, that, I cannot remember a single game from Newcastle's season that year. Mm. I can remember nearly every single Parramatta one. Yeah. And somehow they just bested Parra on the big day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That'd be the, about the only one, though, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Good, good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I suppose it's bleedingly obvious to say that you've got to play well. The idea that your opponent year. played yeah. brilliantly up until the last game. They <laughs> yeah, laid an egg and then you actually, oh. yeah, then you end up winning. Sorry, paraffins, but I <laughs> won. <laughs> God, that was theirs. I've never seen, mm. it's since or before, yeah. a more lay down Mazaire team than, than them. Um, I think Brian Smith took them to the beach a day or, or two leading out um, from the grand final. So it's his fault. <laughs> it was. Well, he didn't win. Don't oh, go, sorry. Don't go to the beach. I'm not going to criticise Brian Smith. He's a champion, but I, I'll never forget the, the camera was panned on all their, um, you know, bare backs and they were f- cruising around, they were relaxing. And I just thought, should they really be doing that? This game hasn't been played yet. Like, this is, yeah, it's a bit of a worry. And Newcastle just slapped him in the first half and stole it off him. But yeah, again, I can't remember anything else of Newcastle's 0-1 season. It's and good luck to them. Yeah, got anything more to add on that, mate? Or 
Should I um, keep going with SFS memories or? Uh, only to only to say that yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting that you know if it does shape up to be a storm roosters uh, yeah, yeah. grand this season. Uh, people have accused it of being boring because you know there were two teams that you know uh, they've been very successful and kind of could have been yep. seen not from from as far out as the start of the season that we were going to get there. But uh, in some respects, probably have been the two most successful clubs of the recent period. Uh-huh. Like you know, like yeah. the Roosters have accumulated a fairly impressive number of minor premierships yeah. over the last few years. Before the uh, Mitchell Pearce years, they won three uh, minor premierships in yeah, a row. Yeah, they? and then yeah, uh, so they put another one. So that makes it what four and five years. Yeah. Or so that's fairly impressive. You know, yeah. for a comp that's supposed to be very even. Yeah. So yeah, for them to. Uh, yeah, I think I think there'll be an interesting narrative around. Uh, well, I think it's already emerging as you know, you know, can Crump deliver? Seems to be the one you know that, that's kind of bubbling to the top. But yeah, I think it, I think I think there's a there's a sense of yeah, of, there'll be a kind of a result, a sense of resolution. If they're like, yeah, it's, it's going to be Storm versus Roosters. Just a narrative. But maybe maybe, maybe we're talking yeah, talking too far because <laughs> both teams. I mean, there, um, I wouldn't. Say favoured, but not not even solidly. I, no, I could see I no. could see either side kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see either side kind of going down and you know giving us um, yeah giving us rabbitos sharks in the grand. Wouldn't that be interesting? Sydney Green Final. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't get too many of those these days. So. Yeah. 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 No, excellent. All right. So SFS time again. Uh, we've reached the where did I say ninety eight. The Legends of Sport, a good supporter of the show, says uh, watching Parachoke in 98 after Canterbury had done absolutely nothing for the first 69 minutes of the match. There you go. So he's just... Was that the year? That's the year that Canterbury finished ninth in the comp, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I had to... Oh, yeah. oh gosh. Incredible I love game. that. I love that. Fa- I love dragging that fact out. Like, <laughs> did, we did a piece uh, for the mag a few, a couple of years back about yeah. uh, grand finalists and where they'd come from on the ladder, and the idea that now, now that the final eight is such a thing in yeah. Australian foot, uh, in 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 the uh, in the football kind of parlance of our country, and to to say that in rugby league, oh yeah, team made the grand final from ninth. Ninth. Like, how can you do that? Well, yeah. they did. Because <laughs> there was fifty two thousand teams in the in the That's league. right, uh, Mrs. Meh says, um, being a part of the Sid Foggs convoy down the F3 to the SFS to watch the Knights beat the Sharks in the prelim of uh, 2001. So, okay, so we've got some memories now of uh, the 2001 season for Newcastle. Uh, it was a huge day, um, and as it turned out, a big year. Yeah, but uh, according to James, you backed into that <laughs> oh, oh, God. Got you there, didn't I? <laughs> Damn it, I'm gone. <laughs> Andrew Quirk says, the 2003... Roosters playoff match uh, versus the Bulldogs. Big crowd, big performance. John OP says the um, 05 prelim final, hands down, Tigers and Dragons. Greatest atmosphere I've ever experienced at, at an NRL game. Phenomenal night that um, that <clears throat> I doubt will ever be topped. We've got a few of a few nominations for that. Stephen Russo, uh, the, the 05 prelim between Tigers and Dragons. The atmosphere was electric and to beat one of the finest club sides of the modern era. To qualify for the grand final was just amazing. Uh, Andrew Ferguson, uh, he, he's gone with Souths and Tigers in 04. The ref forgot to stop play after five minute, minutes of golden point to swap sides. Souths kicked a field goal to win when they should have been kicking off. Crisis, ref's fault. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Hutch, 05, Tigers, Dragons, prelim. What a night. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a magic night. Brendan Johnson, Australia and New Zealand at the 2008 Rugby League World Cup opener. 
if only for the blokes in the crowd who were chanting um, at me paying due credit to my Western Reds jersey. Mm, there you go. <laughs> that does deserve credit. Yeah, yeah. Donny Brendan. Love the Western Reds. <laughs> Carlos... Dwarf. <laughs> Carlos the Dwarf. Question, Question mark. Not even sure he's a dwarf. <laughs> yeah. uh, 2009 finals, Eels and Titans. During the second half, with the game secured, the crowd was chanting... Bring on the Bulldogs. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Once they realise what was coming next week. Uh, Courtney McShane uh, says, would have to be um, Anzac Day 2012. Um, The great comeback from the Dragons. And then Spiros says, round 19, 2012. Rabideau scored two tries uh, in the last three minutes to win 24-22. Hashtag Warren Smith's immortal words. You can take me now. I've seen it all. (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, Have you seen... I just want to bring this up because it's one yeah. of my favourite things I've seen kind of this year. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Fox Sports have that little ad where it's it's like kind of like cartoons. Yeah. Like set to the um, to this, the commentators, those, those lines. And, and they you know, draw out literally what they're saying. And they draw literally what they're, comment, you know, what they're saying. Yeah. It got me thinking right now that like there's, you know, <laughs> a dude in a coffin, like, you know. You can take me now. <laughs> Not that I want to condemn Warren Smith to the coffin, but you know, I, I really enjoyed that. Like I, I thought they were it's clever. Uh, isn't I, it? I thought they were really, really well done. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really clever. as as a, as someone who's literal minded as I am. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed those. Oh, good. Um, what you one thing I wanted to say about these answers so far? <clears throat> the SFS is a like so many memories of teams playing there. It's and a lot of memories of prelims and semi-finals. It is, or not anymore, but it was the, the venue for getting into the grand final, wasn't it? For a lot of people, yeah. Like if you won that last game there, that's it. Like you, you were going down the road to Homebush. Yeah, I like that. It did, really did play a massive. It kind of became. Role. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how the, the character of uh, the memories changed kind of through the ages, where it was. It was like for big rep games, and then it became more concentrated on yeah, yeah, kind of the prelim. And we had this discussion through the week about how yeah. the prelim, it's it's kind of a to to a fan, the prelim in a way is almost more more of a nerve wracking, nerve inducing oh, game than the grand. Because to get to the grand is in itself kind of a good thing. You're part of the pageantry of the day, and even yeah. if you lose, yep. you know at least you at least you got to the last two. That's that's pretty good. There's consolation yeah. to that. Yeah. To lose it in the prelim is really it's, it's a yeah it's a gut punch because you, you're kind of close but yeah you, you're not there so and, and then you've got to watch the other two yeah the two other teams get everything and yeah. and you go from almost there to completely forgotten don't you yeah exactly team. exactly yeah, whereas yeah. even if you lose a grand final even in bad circumstances you you are kind of remembered in the defining part of the season yeah whereas you're right preliminary finalists tend to yeah. get forgotten very quickly yeah. i wanted a question that i want to ask you. well first i want to ask you what your uh your, your what your oh. uh, your great memory of uh, the sfs is yeah yeah um yeah i'll share then i'll share mine because okay. mine was absolutely shared with <laughs> okay shared with james i'm pretty sure yeah his is not mine so, no no, yeah. no. I'll, I'll go nerdy for mine yeah. um Mine, as far as actually being there, was the 92 prelim mm. between St. George and Illawarra. Um, so whoever won that game met yes, Brisbane. Yes, back in the day when St. George and Illawarra were two different <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it's the best atmosphere I've ever been at at a game. Mm. It was basically Illawarra's 
ultimate gain. That's as far as they got. Yeah. That was their glory period. Yeah. And uh, the um, furthest they got in the comp. Yeah. They never yeah. made a grand. Yeah. No, no. My sister was working for um, one of the sponsors at um, at Penrith or of, of Penrith at the time, and naturally, you know, the the takers just evaporated when Penrith had that awful season in '92. That was a Ben Alexander year. So anyway, we got these four awesome seats, and. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't a real good, real big fan of Illawarra back then because we're living um, in the Southern Highlands and win win news really got behind the Steelers. It was massively over the top. Whenever they'd won, it was as if they'd won the premiership. They'd just <laughs> all out, bang, bang, bang. You know what local news is like. Absolutely. And when they lost, it was, oh, um, no, nah, there was no rugby league played this week. <laughs> yeah, the team yeah. cheated. Yeah. 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 And so sitting there going for the Dragons and... Um, and and the Dragons ended up winning, and just seeing the looks on all these sad Illawarra Steelers um, supporters' faces. So we're heading out, and this is another big dude story. Heading out down one of those tunnels of the SFS, and my brother-in-law says to me, "See that guy over there? Tell him that you don't like the Illawarra Steelers." And this was there was a oh, well, giant guy. I in thought a, you were, I thought you were about to say the Russian was just the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the guy from the, the Russian yeah, from the sevens, and then he was just standing there. That, that would have been uh, <laughs> damn it. It's, Massive human in a in a Steelers jersey. He's back to us. He looked he looked like his head was nearly going to touch the the roof. I've never forgotten that. <laughs> that's that's going to be my lasting memory of the SFS. That giant dude in the Steelers jersey. Did <laughs> <laughs> you ever find out who it was? No, it wasn't no. a player, was it? No, no, no okay. just a fan, just a really. They yeah, looked like a construction worker. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what was yours that you wanted to share with everyone? I don't have many. I mean, I've, I've been you have there. a memory of our, our night at the SFS? Oh, yes, I do, because <laughs> I was petrified. <laughs> of, of venturing out into the darkness with me. Or, or... No, no, I mean, you, uh, just to set this up, uh, James dragged me along very charitably to a, uh, to, it was a semi-final. I can't remember the year, the year escapes, man. I remember the game perfectly. It, yeah, was, it, uh, it was a dramatic game, wasn't it? Was, it was, it was one that was very memorable because it featured the hand of Foz knock on, yep. which I believe we, I tend, I saw quite clearly, I don't remember you, you were probably only about beer six by that time. <laughs> Um, but that's the first thing that kind of yeah, yeah. I hadn't been to a rugby league match in a while. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's probably the last one I remember actually going there too. Because like, that, like any about good... ten years ago, wouldn't it or something? Nah, no, no, ten. When was Hand of Foreign? When was that? Oh, it was at the start of the Cowboys. Um, yeah, no, it would have been, it been, been about out. it would have been about 2013, wasn't it? 2013, oh, yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone will correct us. We really should look these yeah. things up. Yep. No, because like any good NRL fan, I watch all my rugby league on the TV. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yes, um, uh, go there. And the thing that struck me, of course, is just how quickly the game moves. Yeah. Um, and I, I remarked upon this um, a number of times, but it really is amazing. To, I'm not talking about the speed of the players. I'm talking about how the production just kind of, you know, I, I often find, you know, laugh when, you know, people, rugby league fans, rugby league people talk about, oh, we don't want to slow our game down. I think the game could afford to slow down just a bit, like, because, you know, it moves so quickly. Yeah. It's like done within, like, you know, I, I'd say even less than a two-hour window. I'd, it, say, it is, I'd yeah. say within a 100-minute window, which I actually quite appreciate. Yeah. That's why, you know, you know, in this... Uh, in this time-poor society of ours, you know, it's, it's nice that, you know, <laughs> where, where people, they run out. Where people are sitting around making podcasts. Yeah, they, they, they run out and they don't, you know, they don't kind of mess about. They no. run out, they kick the ball off and the game, the game starts. Like, you know, yeah. you, you don't have to worry about, you know, the national anthem or, you know, kind of lining up to, ex, to exchange pendants. And then halftime fl- flies by in like you know in a heartbeat but like yep. it's it really is a, it's really a fun, and there's no things like timeouts or time on. It's, 
Yeah, the game just absolutely zips by. So, cool. you know, I can remember we're there and um, like I'm on beer one. You're like on beer three and I'm, I'm mystified. Like, I'm like, why is James going, you know, he's just going so hell for leather <laughs> like this. And then I realized, oh, yeah, it's already about 60. It's the 60th minute and I'm still <laughs> just the, the dregs of beer one. <laughs> But then you later told me, oh, no, bar is closed. So, That's yeah. right. Um, what do you want to do now, mate? You want to finish, yeah, fi- uh, finish up the response? Uh, what, you got something else? Because oh, I've got a little bit of a history thing I want to say, but you're right. We'll, we'll finish, finish, finish up the responses. You can do that afterward. I also have something I want to ask you to. Okay, excellent. Um, so the last part of our, our responses to the question of what's your favourite memories of going to the SFS Um to watching not necessarily rugby league as it turned out. <laughs> uh, part four, we'll open up with the broken Chapo. It says Trent Hodgkinson's field goal. It's Hodgkinson. Um, Hodgkinson's field goal. That's all right. Everyone uh, pronounces it. <laughs> um, uh, in the eighty-fourth minute to beat Manly in the two thousand and fourteen final series. Um, Mark says semi-final in two thousand and fourteen. Roosters and cows. Chooks led thirty nil early and won thirty one thirty. Yeah, that was yeah. The, you know that was the one where, where I'm saying that you know. Yep. The, the Cowboys, yeah, they felt <clears throat> they could have felt aggrieved, but it was it wasn't because they were yeah cheated out of it. It was just a fantastic game in which they had a massive comeback and fell short. Th- there was a decision right at the end. Yeah, um, I don't think that was as bad as the other ones. No. But, you know, it's not like the other two were like that that knock on, and then it was a seventh tackle, wasn't it? But ah, um, uh, yeah, yeah, that was the, the first year. The first yeah, year get yeah. against Cronulla, which um, we're going to touch on in a sec. Um, uh, Jack Martin, uh, Jamie Soward kicking a field goal with five seconds remaining to hand Penrith a win over the Roosters in the t- 2014 finals. Oh, was that that one? Uh, going to town says Sydney FC beating victory to claim the Premier's plate with a great running goal from Aloisi. Um, sorry about that, everyone. <laughs> no, I, I didn't stipulate clearly enough. You're right. Um, it is your fault, Cam. It is. Dragons supporters says 2015 Anzac Day, the thunderstorm stopped play, but the dragons still went all the way. <laughs> poetry it on is a haiku. Poetry on dead in goal. There we go. Yep. Uh, Sharks tragic says 2015 double header. Sharks and cows then roosters versus sea eagles. Coincidence that the sharks um, trialed the first ever seven tackle set and scored on the last play. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. Uh, Kamikaze Hectic, who has the best name on Twitter. 2016 prelim, Sharks and Cows. To be there um, and see a whole fan base realise at the same time that we could win it all was incredible. Pretty cool. Oh, yeah. They, Sharks nearly sold out. I think they might have sold out that, that uh, venue that night. I'll just finish. <laughs> they didn't last week. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Penrith's fault. Uh, yeah, you've got the smallest fan base in rugby league. Yeah, uh, no, no, um, we're bigger than the Titans. You're bigger, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. you're we the smallest fan base in Sydney. <laughs> um, but Penrith is not Sydney. No, it's, no, it's not. I'm going to keep on quoting this Roy Morgan yeah, study back over several podcasts. That's all right. We're special, we're unique. Um, I'm, I'm just going to, there's four here that touch on a number of years, but I still think they're um, very lovely responses. Uh, Ian Fowler says, I went to all 11 NRL Grand Finals at the SFS. Uh, 89, 91 and 97 were the best. Uh, sports, sports Freak Show says, three come to mind. Tigers versus Roosters semi or West Tigers versus Broncos the year they won the GF and the Souths come back with, with two minutes to go where Reynolds scores the winner. 
all these, jeez, yeah, just lovely memories of prelims and semis. And uh, Cooper says the 97 ARL GF. Uh, 2016 Anzac Day game and a 94 Bledisloe. That's one that yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, it's taken a long to come up. Is uh, that Gregan in the corner? Yeah, Kent Wilson. Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I, believe, right. I believe it is. Oh, yes. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, okay, and Jason says uh, so many great memories for Tiger fans um, and, and haunting ones. Um, the win over the Dragons in 05. Ellery Hanley try versus Sharks in 89, and Benji Marshall's. Try saving tackle on Bronco Brent Tate in the 05 final. And then he finally, and we'll finish up with this, winning the Nissan 7s in the early 2000s. <laughs> the Nissan 7s. People really love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Coca-Cola 7s and Nissan 7s. And the sad ones were the 89 GF and the Anasta field goal in 2010. Oh, how good was that? Yeah. yeah. A lot of people love the SFS. <laughs> That's right. So you better get there this Saturday night because they're... Bulldozers, uh, uh, no, hang on. They have this game and then. Excuse <coughs> me. You're right. And then Michael Bublé has a farewell concert there. Just to. He'll be no John Denver, but anyway. Noted rugby league fan, Michael Bublé. <laughs> um, cool. So just um, just want to briefly mention this because um, because I remember it. Uh, the first <laughs> first ever um, game, NRL game, or ARL game at the Sydney Football Stadium was the Dragons. Beating the Roosters twenty-four to fourteen, um, that was in front of nineteen thousand two hundred ninety-five people. Um, I'm only I'm only bringing this up because I was at the entrance at a holiday house that a few of our families uh, rented, and Dave Smith was the first ever person to kick a, a point at the, at the SFS. And I just made a point of, of uh, remembering that, just in case it came up in a trivia <laughs> thing or anything. It hasn't, but I'm glad I've been able to boast that I remember remember that. Is it correct? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they won 24-14. Um, Dragons had blokes like, who we have, uh, Peter Gill, um, Graham Wynn, Craig Young, uh, Brian Johnson. He scored a, scored a couple of tries. And the Roosters had uh, Brendan Hall. Who else? They had Hugh McGann. Uh, Danny Shepherd, Brett Patworth, bloke called Steve Morris. Yeah, excellent. It's very retro when you watch the uh, YouTube footage. So yeah, there you go. Um, we might we'll, we'll get going with the uh, Tiffany Slater interview in a sec. But um, yeah, what else have we got? I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know you're an admirer of a of a story that uh, that Sports Illustrated magazine ran a while back yeah. when they were closing down. Uh, I think it was Yankee Stadium, in which. You know, we actually were thinking about stealing this idea at some point. Oh, yeah. yeah you, the idea was that they they had the stadium itself tell the story as if the stadium was like, was like writing a story. So I wanted to ask you if the SFS could tell a story, yeah. what what would it be? What would it be? It would be, It'd be like get out, get out now, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. It would be. Um, it would be don't you shouldn't have closed my bars with twenty minutes to go till full time. <laughs> That's why people don't like me. I am the younger, better looking brother. Of the SCG. Yeah. yeah. Um, see, I, I was a good. I was a good venue. I had lots of good games played at me. I wasn't an eyesore. I wasn't a white elephant. Um, yeah, I'm getting. But I wish I didn't have upper stands that really, really look empty when they're empty. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish. The Roosters weren't the home ground, the home team. One thing, yeah, and, and um, yeah, so just, I, th- I think it's it's the, the new version that's going to be built when this thing's knocked down mm. is going to be really, really good. I was watching now the government releases 
those flyover animation cut. You yeah, know, the, they always end up looking exactly like those. <laughs> yeah, and the people in them, they're all like, they're all white, and they're all in in weirdly sort of, they're all in suits walking around the stadium. They don't draw fans; they draw office people walking around footy stadiums. That's because that's the ideal kind of you know person they want to go to sports. Oh yeah, events. yeah, it is now. Yeah, no, but um, but there you go. So farewell to the uh, SFS. It's um. Yeah, it's yeah, iconic ground on the uh, on the rugby league planet. Um, so uh, now I'm gonna we're gonna end with a chat with Tiffany Slater. She's the senior manager of uh, Women's Leap um, programs. It, I, I, just before we we do that, it has really exceeded expectations, hasn't it? As far as the on-field product goes, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a. I didn't really know what to expect. No, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of not to, to answer like what uh, yeah kind of exceeded expectations, but yeah, um, yeah I, I find myself watching quite a bit of it so far. Yeah. So it, um, it's good to have it as that um, that intro leading into the men's, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. On, was, on a TV yeah, product. I was a bit skeptical about holding it at this time of year. Yeah. I, I thought you know you know that um, what the well. We can call it the AFLW because it's not the BKG, it's the <laughs> AFLW. What I thought the AFLW kind of did, which was smart, is that they use kind of the, the pent-up demand for footy at, at around about that time in February when you, yeah. when you really want it. And then you, it's like, you know, the off-season's been too long already and you're ready for football to come yeah. out. I thought that was the best time of year. I know it limits the growth potential of the competition because yeah. you can't extend further out. So, But then there was that criticism of by doing that, it was as if you were saying, well, let's get the women out of the way. Yeah, early. yeah, but I... Yeah, so I... Yeah, I'll be curious to see, yeah, kind of yeah. how this tests as a as a you know kind of as a fan kind of spectator proposition. Yep. Um, yeah, for for the league at, at this time of year, but um, yeah, uh, it uh, and then over and above that, of course, as they add kind of uh, as they add new clubs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a very promising start so far. No, no, excellent. All right, here's Tiffany, and um, we'll see you next week. Tiffany Slater, thanks very much for joining us on Dead in Goal this week. Thanks for having me. No, it, excellent, excellent. It's good to um, speak to somebody who is um, h- high up in in one of the real fast um, growth areas of, of rugby league. You, you must be running on a bit of adrenaline uh, by now, surely. Oh, definitely. It's um, It's been a really exciting year, but a full-on year. Uh, but to be watching the Premiership unfold now is so exciting and... Um, you know, week to week, we just we, we back up and we really excited to see what happens the next weekend. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was so keen to talk to you because um, you know there was a lot of pre-hype and publicity and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then then the comp started, and now the comp is just relying on its own quality, isn't it? So it's good to talk to you within within that bubble after the comp has started. Like, um, mm. and any any um, feelings of. You know, this this couldn't have gone any better if we tried, sort of thing. Like, you must be must be looking back on it and thinking, this is just working out wonderfully. Like, yes, we're really we're really happy. Um, and I think what's happening at the moment is the footy speaking for itself. Yeah. Uh, which is what which is what we've always wanted. Um, and certainly what the players are after, and and uh, that speaks to you know our our slogan, same game, our way. Uh, it's yeah. very much about the footy and the way the players play and they want that to be celebrated and we want that to speak for itself so um you know really happy that 
that uh, new and existing fans are seeing it and, and seeing the the footy for what it is and the, and its its um, quality and its entertainment. Oh, excellent. So, so what's um what's your background like? Have you always um, been in love with with, with rugby league? <laughs> um, so I grew up um, a Dragons supporter because yep. um, that's where my where my dad's from, and so we sort of didn't have a choice about who we supported. But um, as an adult, happy to still be supporting them. Um, but uh, in terms of my career, my background in um, investment banking and in accounting. So moving to rugby league um, was a very well, it was a big change um, about five years ago when I started at the West Tigers. Yep. And, um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've loved my journey here personally and, and um, shifting into sport where, you know, for me what I love about it is it's a tangible product. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, you know, easy, well, compared to investment banking, it's easy to get your head around and to see the difference that you're making and the work that you're doing, um, how, it, how it affects the product. Um, but also just, you know, in this role in particular, getting to know the players themselves um, makes such a difference when you're watching the games. You you know you understand them um, a little bit as people and and how important this is to them. Um, so it makes the job that much better. Oh, that's outstanding. You've you've connected investment banking and rugby league so well just then. So <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, 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 it is. It is. Um. So, um, what's life like for an elite rugby league women's player? Like. How often do they train, etc.? And and is it your being um, the senior manager of the women's elite program? Is it your task to make sure that that's improving all the time? Is that how it works? Yeah, definitely. So what um, a lot of people don't um, aren't aware of mm. is that the the elite athletes are playing a full calendar of rugby league. Yep. Um, and 2018, we've added um, the premiership, obviously, to that. So. Uh, it's a bit different from some of our some of the other uh, female sports mm. in that you know it's not just a premiership or it's not just state of origin, um, but they've had their local and their state competitions running for decades, yeah, and definitely. they've been playing that um, for a really long time. And that you know if, if you take this year for example, uh, so they started playing that. Well, they came off the back of Rugby League World Cup mm. at the end of last year, and then they went into their state and local competitions from about March April this year through to August Um, and then they moved into premiership mode so that's moving into the NRL club land um, and they were training for them with them and then they started the premiership and then they'll move into um, the PM 13 game in PNG and then into the test match against New Zealand as a Jillaroo so it's a really full calendar uh, and because of the nature of the sport being um, you know it's still a part-time moving into a semi-professional state, these um, elite female athletes are juggling um, a lot and wearing a lot of hats, Um, not only in rugby league but also in their lives. So, you know, there's mothers, there's, um, you know, they've got partners, they've got jobs, they've got study, they don't live necessarily near where they play. Mm. Um, So it's a lot for them to balance and that's certainly uh, a lot of the things we take into consideration when designing the calendar. No, that, that, that's awesome. And, and do you, do you think um, that calendar, and especially the you know the, all, all those uh, fixtures that you just mentioned, Gillaroos um, and, and State of Origin, things like that. Do you think they have all the momentum that all these players have? Do you think that's really given this NRLW um, a, a more um, intense playing sort of base than what might have been expected? Because they seem to be coming off a 
extraordinarily um, like, like um, pumped up and and determined like mindset, don't they? Like, mm. yeah. um, you know, the, with everything that we've done this year and, and will continue to do, we ask the players for their for their feedback and for oh, their opinions awesome. and, and how they want to see the calendar shaped. Um, yeah. And uh, like, it's hard to express how excited they are to be to be playing the Premiership and to have a national competition mm. um, and that's not to take away from State of Origin or the Gillaroos of course and um, you know both of those um, opportunities have been around for a really long time um, but the Premiership is about completing the pathway and so I think being able to jump from you know their state or local competition into this national one before going to international team um, that I think it, it's you know it's a natural conclusion or a natural completion of the pathway, mm. um, but it also you know you've you've got um, known brands and the the players have given us such feedback around how excited they are to pull on a jersey that's recognised yeah. um, and to be in a club you know in that um, environment where they're part of a club you know they're training some of them are training with the men. Um, they're part of a bigger family there and I think that was really important to us in deciding how many clubs or how many teams to go with in 2018 but also um, you know when assessing the applications for licenses yep oh okay and then so so all that was sorted out and there's four teams competing so so how how were the squads themselves put together like did clubs actually um, approach you and, or, and, and, and you acted as a filter or, or as a conduit between the clubs and the players or, or did clubs actually go out and physically bid for individual players? Like, can you explain how, how certain yeah, players sure. ended up at some certain clubs? Yeah. Sure. So um, because, uh, you know, the Gillaroos falls under us and, and, and um, the team that I work with have made up of a lot of the Gillaroos staff, yeah. so there's a lot of intel there around <laughs> the players and, um, you know, where they're at and um, what their um, what their skill set is, mm. and so I think you know the clubs. A lot of the clubs were new to this uh, sort of area of rugby league, and so what we wanted to do was ensure that number one, the competition was um, as equal as possible, mm. uh, but also to help the clubs educate them on who the players are and um, you know what their sort of uh, broader life is like, um, and so the clubs could take that into consideration. So we introduced a talent equalisation mechanism yep. um, which saw the, uh, the top 40 Australian athletes um, who were centrally contracted by the NRL on a training contract. Oh, yeah. um, so those top 40, we said these are the top 40 in the country, in Australia, and then um, the New Zealand Rugby League named their top 20 oh. for, um, for New Zealand and so together you have a top 60. And so what we said was these top 60 are what you consider marquee players. Mm. So for talent equalisation, we said there's your list of 60 to the four clubs. Um, you, ha you are capped at, picking, at, at, at um, recruiting 15 from, from that list, mm. which is literally 60 divided by the four clubs. Mm. Um, so, and then the balance of the squads, so the squads are 22, the balance are made up of what we call free agents. Um, and those free agents are basically anybody else that um, the clubs are aware of and, you know, we helped um, by, um, you know, through national championships and through the Talent ID Day of giving the clubs an opportunity to see these other players. Um, yeah, the balance of the squad was picked up, you know, through those competitions and, and through the club's own um, scouting. 
Um, but they could also pick up any of those top 60 that hadn't been signed as marquee players. Oh, yeah. Um, but they were, they were capped on them again to, for talent equalisation. Oh, okay. um, so you'll see some clubs have picked up their full 15, yep. um, and then some have gone down a different path and, and picked up a handful. Um, so what was, what's been really pleasing is to see not only you know, the top athletes being signed, um, but also the clubs having their own individual approach to this um, and to see, you know, it's year one, so we're all mm. seeing how this goes and then um, we've ensured that we've built in flexibility to allow the players and the clubs um, to, you know, assess year one and, and make sure that they have the flexibility to make the same or different decisions for year two. All right, that's they're great insights and that's awesome. Um, and so as far as the game, the on-field game goes, um, what do you what do you reckon are the main differences between the men's and women's um, uh, comp as far as the way the games played? Uh, like, um, yeah, you know, of course there, there are those different rules you have, like the forty thirty and mm-hmm. ten interchanges and that sort of thing. But they they are like when you when you line them up next to each other, they are slightly different games, aren't they? Just just by the, the style of, of, of the women's comp. Do you agree with that or? Yeah, mm. I do, and I think. Um, that's something that we wanted to protect and celebrate. Yep. Uh, so, and again, you know, that, that comes back to our slogan, same game our way, yes. um, which which literally came from the mouth of Sammy Bremner when we asked her to describe the way that they play, yes. um, the way that the females play. She said, you know, she, she talked about it, and then at the end she just said, it's the same game, but it's our way. And so um, it's recognisable, you know, um, everyone looks at it and knows it's rugby league, but it's got a different flair mm. that is, that represents how the how the females choose to play and, and, and that's tailored to them. And so this really wasn't about um, trying to fit how the women play into the box of the men and yeah. say, this is what rugby league needs to look like. It, it was very much around, um, you know, celebrating their own style. And that's because this has existed for a long time, you know. So the Jillaroos have been around for decades um, and as has the Interstate Challenge, which is now the state of origin. Yeah. Um, these games have been played and these players have been playing for a while, so we didn't want to change the way they're playing, we wanted to celebrate it. Um, and so the rule changes that you mentioned, you know, 30-minute halves and number of interchanges and mm. the 40-30 instead of a 40-20, that was um, sort of tweaks to the game um, for a variety of reasons, but definitely not to try and remould the way that the players play. Um, it was sort of to enhance it and to... Um, empower them to, to maintain that style and a lot of the feedback I've had is you know from existing fans um, is uh, oh wow it's like the men used to play in the 80s yeah, um, so yeah. there is that familiarity yeah. um, but also recognising that it's a little bit different which I think is great yeah yeah I, um, and I, I totally agree with that especially in the defensive aspects of, um, of, of the game like there is such perfect technique being put into uh, n- not only these hits, but these really punishing hits that that mm-hmm. you know that they're being pulled off. I, I, it's, it, I, I don't want to sound patronising um, about it because you know it, I, I don't want to sorry I don't want to sound surprised at all about that. But but yeah, the, the hits in in tackles uh, it always gets me. I I don't think I'm gonna, ever going to see you know as good as as the last game and then like straight into it. The the, the contact is ferocious, isn't it? It's, mm. Yeah, that's mm. what I really enjoy about it. <laughs> yeah, and I think, you know, that's we talk a lot about, um, you know, when we were starting this, 
we talked a lot about inner and outer strengths, and I think that strength needs to be celebrated as well, and whether mm. it comes in the form of um, the tackles or, you know, in, in, I don't know, in their prep and how they train. It's recognising that this isn't, um, this is definitely not a, a weaker version or a, um, you know, like mm. a secondary kind of game um, to the men's. This is the elite of the women's game, and they're playing it in the, their way and the way that they have played it. Um, so we're not trying to change it, but but yeah, to recognise, like as you said, to recognise the skills that are there and the, and mm. how strong these um, women are. Yeah, yeah, and and um, one thing you can't like from an outsider's point of view that, that I really noticed as well was um, that that uh, cut back to thirty minute halves after watching the women's World Cup uh, at the end of last year pretty intently. You can you can really definitely notice a um, a lifted in intensity. With this NRLW, uh, like, um, has that has that been a feedback that, that you received? That yeah, it, it it isn't watered down. It's just it's it's the same it's the same game as the women played at the World Cup. It just um, up a few notches because there's less time to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So the thirty minute halves is um, you know again we so some of the state and the local competitions they play thirty minute halves oh. um, and. Um, state of origin we played 30 minute halves yep. and uh, you know a lot of that is the, the, the reasoning behind that is to take into account the full calendar that these players have and the, and the back-to-back nature of the premiership but mm-hmm. also coming off their state and local comps and then going into the international window so mm-hmm. um, you know it's taking into account um, you know injuries and um, the, the full calendar and, and again the fact that we're moving into this is part time we're moving into a semi-professional world um, so I don't you know we'll obviously monitor it um, year on year to mm. see what's appropriate but it is about um, really building up the, the training life of these players um, and um, as we move into that professional environment I think um, you know again important to note that the international so the Jillaroos when the Jillaroos play um, they're playing to the international rules and the international standards uh-huh. and rules are 40 minute matches um, whereas the sorry 40 minute half whereas the um, the NRL competition the national competition the premiership is under is under the um, ARLC and the NRL um, and so we decided uh, in year one to make them 30 minute halves and then we'll obviously track that and um, if we deem it appropriate and, and when we do then we'll increase it to the international um, standards yeah fantastic learning all the time <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and looking and just a couple more questions just looking at the um, sure. TV audience figures from the opening couple of rounds and, and the amount mm. of people um, recorded in, in the crowd at the time that these um, NRLW games are starting, which which people can do, which stadiums can do now because they've got all analytics and um, data collection and all that sort of thing. Um, the, the, without sounding too rosy about it all, um, the TV figures and the attendance must be just n- knocking your socks off, surely. Like, there's mass interest already, as you say, just in the first year. Yeah. Mm. See, we're really... Well, I'm reminded frequently that, we're, that I'm really <laughs> fortunate that... Mm. Um, the four women's teams made it to the top eight of the men's. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So as much as we could um, pair the matches up with the, with the teams, we did. Um, and that, I think, was huge in, um, you know, raising awareness and um, getting existing fans to come along and see the women's game as well. Uh, so, 
you know, the, as you said, the, the crowd numbers and the uh, TV ratings are really pleasing and, and definitely really um, happy with them. Um, they are, you know, traditional measures um, of success for, for a lot of sport and they're definitely, um, you know, helpful and indicative for us. Um, but in year one, I'd say it's also about the conversation that's happening around the women's game um, that's really important to us and the way people are talking about it and, you know, growing awareness of it um, and the introduction to new fans but also um, opening it up to existing fans um, I think are also measures for me um, of of, um, how successful this is and so definitely, you know, really pleased with with the opening couple of weeks and hope that that... um, Support continues, and I think uh, again we've been fortunate with the with the um, the way the men's teams have performed and the ability for us to align. You know, um, this weekend we've got the Roosters women playing before the Roosters men at Allianz, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so enjoying that um, that opportunity that we've had. But you know, we put these on regardless of what the top eight in the men's game was going to be. We put these on these games. Um, on the on the main stage at the most exciting time of the men's premiership yep. intentionally um, and it was a very deliberate choice to as I said to you know change the conversation and, and get you know, fans opening up to the women's game um, you know we're in this for the for the long haul and and it's it's a it's a slow burn you know you, you make sustainable decisions to ensure that um, to ensure that we're here in, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time still doing this, but um, uh, building it at the right pace and, and, you know, a lot of that is about um, changing mindsets and that takes time. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. No, and, and, um, just going back to what you said about the TV figures, what, what, what were the, um, I think the, there was an audience of 170,000 Fox Sports viewers just for Roosters and Warriors alone, I think it was, wasn't it? It was... Just yeah, so it was around that. I think it was um, together. It was around um, ah, yep. uh, three hundred and around three hundred with with the free to wear and, and the fox and the opening weekend. Um, and then I think the, the opening game, sorry, and then the um, Broncos Dragons game at Suncorp, um, which was before the Broncos Dragons men's game. Um, I think got just over three hundred as well. So they they're great results. Um, yeah. Really happy with that and. Um, you know, I think working with our broadcast partners and um, and the media is really important to the success of this. So, um, yeah, it was a great way to kick off the premiership. Yeah, no, great. And, and just before you go, um, you mentioned the slow burn. What does what does that slow burn look like to you? Like, um, does that mean you know teams aren't going to be rushed in in years two, three, or four, or whatever? And are you just um, it sounds like you're really going to consolidate. Um, slowly and surely on, on, on what you're building there yeah yes definitely um, you know there's a lot of excitement and, and we want to mm. harness that excitement um, but uh, you know the benefit of seeing some of our um, our friends that um, other sports go before us is um, and, and knowing that we've got you know knowing the calendars of, of our players mm. um, quite well we really need to make sustainable decisions and, and that um, requires patience I think and so um, you know we need to build it at the right pace so that you know when the athletes are ready um, and when our stakeholders are ready so clubs and states and um, you know uh, investors um, I think you know we wouldn't want to go too quickly 
um, before we're ready. And so what that means for the Premiership specifically, we will, at the end of this um, inaugural season, we will review everything mm-hmm. um, and, and won't make a decision about next year until we've done that. And that will mean talking to all of our stakeholders and getting feedback, um, including mm-hmm. the players, uh, but then making the decision, you know, and remaining flexible on what that might look like year on year, so not locking ourselves into anything. Um, but I think, you know, to emphasise the point, it's it's we are, are constantly remembering that these players are not only playing in the Premiership. It's not a four-week competition that they play for the year and then they're done. It's um, on top of their state and local um, competitions. It's on top of State of Origin and it's on top of the, um, the Jillaroo fixtures as well. Yeah. So it is a really full calendar and it's about getting that balance right as, as they are part-time. Um, and balancing the rest of their lives. So um, I think that's what the slow burn looks like. It's making really sustainable long-term decisions um, and maintaining that flexibility so that we can um, adapt when we need to. Outstanding, Uh, Tiffany. um, Yeah, the the women's players must be wrapped to have um, someone like yourself who is so invested in it. Um, you know, steering the steering the ship, so to speak, and uh, yeah, we really look forward to the uh, the, the um, following uh, two weekends um, for mm. the opening season. It should be awesome. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Thank yeah. you. But thanks, Tiffany. Thanks.